Welcome in to the Wednesday edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We will be here until 6 o'clock this evening, and we'll get your phone calls in later on at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite. And on those phone lines a little bit later on, we're going to hear from the head volleyball coach, Ari Agnes, she's going to join us on the program. Didn't get a chance to really talk to her yesterday. She's got some additions to her staff and her squad, so we're going to talk to her about that. Looking forward to talking to Ari. If you need a show guest, Ari is a good call. Seriously. I, mean, I, I rank the coaches. It's an internal ranking. I, I do rank them internally. And I'm not going to go over the entire list because then I'm going to have coaches get mad at me or – or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm going to do that and see if we can get coaches to you know, step their game up a little bit. All I know is Ari is right there. I'm going to put Tony Kemper right there as well. And then everybody else is going to have to wonder where their ranking is right now. Maybe I can encourage a little bit more of a some competition from the coaches. That's the goal here, to get them all trying to outdo each other. And I'm going to put Ari on the spot when we talk to her a little bit later on. Just let her know, look, there is an internal ranking when it comes to coaches, and she might be pretty high right now, but at the same time, uh, you got to work hard to keep that ranking. Same thing for Coach Kemper. Got to tell him that right now. Uh, Chris Grassy, I'm going to say this right now. Chris is up there. He He's up there. He's in the power five of, of coaches. I'll give him that. I mean, that means there's a couple of spots left in the power five. Which coaches are there? Which ones are out? I don't know if I'm going to tell you. Because, again, I don't know how these coaches are going to respond. It's like, hey, I'm going to have to up my game, be a little higher with Swan, or, okay, that's where I want to be. I'm good. We'll find out. Ari comes on a little bit later. I'm, I'm just getting ready for the fun because she's actually pretty fun to talk to. So I'm excited about that. And, of course, we have got your phone calls coming up at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And don't forget, coming up tomorrow, we got Marshall Basketball, the Thundering Herd, back at the Cam Henderson Center, the men at least, taking on Charlotte. That's coming up. 7 o'clock is going to be your tip. We go on the air at 5.30. So we're going to go on the air a little earlier 5.30, get you up to 6.30, and Steve Cotton will take you the rest of the way. And then we'll be at the Henderson Center. Hopefully you'll be out there with me as well as we watch Marshall basketball. Uh, they need a win. Just be honest. They need a win. Get the feeling of losing on the road out of their out of their system. They've had a few days now. Are we going to see a little bit more energy? We're going to see a little bit more focus. We're going to see... A little bit more thoughtfulness when they take their shots. So we're going to see going inside a little bit more. Or we're going to see different lineup again. Or we're going to see different combinations. Are we going to see guys actually fighting? Are we going to see a few guys step up, take advantage of some opportunities? Are we going to see guys get some opportunities? What are we going to see? Those are the things that interest me about this game tomorrow. It's really not about Charlotte, because I know Charlotte's good. They're coming into this game 9-5. and five. They're undefeated in conference play. Marshall, on the other hand, 2-2. Two and two. They are 8-9 and nine overall. And I'm curious, what team are we going to see? Is that game on the road against, I think, even though they were beatable, I think UAB's a good team. 
and I know there's some angst out there that, oh, this thing's falling apart. I mean, Marshall's 2-2. Two and two. Now, granted, two wins come against the lower end right now. I mean, Rice in middle, let's be fair, no disrespect intended, but they're not at the upper echelons of college basketball and Conference USA at the moment. They've got some work to do. On the other hand, North Texas has been doing pretty good. And Charlotte, they're going to be another test that I'm concerned about. And UAB, they had a, a disastrous first couple of games because they played Old Dominion and Charlotte, two of the better teams in Conference USA. And they had to do it on the road. So opening up against pretty much right now two of the best. And you lose those games. And then you get back home. You beat Western Kentucky, which I have a lot of respect for. I think they're going to be pretty solid. And then you lose. I mean, let, let's be honest. If you're Marshall and you lose to UAB, it's not the end of the world. If you lose to Middle Tennessee in their condition right now, then you're kind of, okay, something's not right here because Marshall's the better team talent-wise, and they've got the depth. So I think two, two wins, two losses – is an accurate snapshot of this Marshall basketball team right now. Work in progress. And I'm not going to use the excuses they're young. I'm not going to use any of that because it's not an excuse. None of that's an excuse. It's a, it's a statement of fact, but it's not an excuse. They just had a poor shooting night. They were either victimized or they shot themselves in the foot when it came to the free throw line. They weren't getting fouls. UAB was getting fouls. And so how do you clean that up? Now, if Marshall comes out and has a great performance against Charlotte and then lays an egg against Old Dominion, then really inconsistent. If Marshall comes out and has a great performance against Charlotte, great performance against Old Dominion, wins those games, and then all of a sudden they're 4-2 and two, and they're back in the conversation a little bit, beating, my mind, two of the best teams in Conference USA with Western Kentucky still to come. And then they've got an opportunity, to be honest with you. They could beat Western Kentucky at home and then beat them on the road. And next thing you know, we're talking about a Marshall team that's 6-2 and two in conference instead of 2-2. Two and two. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, they've got that out of their system. Let's see what they can do the rest of the way. Because let's be fair, Old Dominion, Charlotte, Western Kentucky, this is probably one of the tougher stretches right now. And you've got them at home. You've got a return visit to Western Kentucky. I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet on this basketball team. Now, why is that? Because I still believe in Tavion Kinsey, for one. He's a guy setting up shots. He's doing a pretty good job. And you put him and Jared West together, I like that combination right away. One and two, I like those guys. Marshall's doing better as far as rebounding a little bit. Offensively, they're okay. I'm not saying it's great, but they're doing a little bit better. Blocks, you get some... Quality. You didn't get it in that UAB game, but you get that going again. And I'm going to be pretty blunt. I want to see more out of Jansen Williams. I don't know what's going on with him. I want to see more. I want to see double-digit scoring from Jansen Williams. Plain and simple. I want to see him out there providing offense. I want to see – here's what I really want to see. And this isn't a knock on anyone, so don't take it as such, but – if this team isn't out there, up and down the floor, on their man like super glue for the entire game, 
then I'm going to be disappointed because after losing to UAB, I would want to come out and I would want to make Charlotte just have to pay for it. If you're a competitor, you want to go out there, and I don't want to give up easy shots. I don't want to see guys scanning around. I don't want to see defenders looking around like, what am I doing here? I want to see these guys active all over the place. Not play sloppy, but I want to see them all over the place. And on guys, I want to see that. I want to see an aggressive. I mean, this is a team that's shown they can play some defense. I want to see that against Charlotte because they're going to have to because Charlotte's going to come in and they're going to play defense. They're going to be a team that plays defense and they're probably going to hold Marshall under their average. So Marshall's going to have to do the same. And Marshall's just going to have to get better shot selection. Maybe be a little patient. I don't know if that's going to be the key or go inside a little bit more. Again, I don't know because ultimately when you miss as many as you did from the three-point line, you got to rethink that. Okay, either you're not getting good looks or you're just not able to shoot it or a combination of two, and you got to stay out of foul trouble. Easiest thing you can possibly say, but you have to stay out of foul trouble, plain and simple. I want to see a full game from Iron Bennett. I want to see him out there not worrying about foul trouble and use his presence. I don't want these guys to be tentative as if, okay, I'm going to get fouled again. No, I don't want any of that, but I want to see a full game from Bennett. I don't have to worry about him being on the bench. I want to see guys like Jansen Williams be more productive. I want to see Andy Taylor live up to what's promised, and I think it's there. And I want to see guys who come off the bench add some substantial minutes. Yeah, I don't have to worry about a guy like Darius George. I'm I'm good there. I don't have to worry about him. Uh, Michael Byers, I'm, I want to see some better performances out of him. I want to see some of these guys come off and be consistent. I want to see effort. And that's a tough one to say because when you say I want to see effort, it's not implying that they're not giving effort. I just want to see it. I don't want to question it. I know they're out there playing hard, and I know they're out there giving everything they can, but you can have a bad night and still give effort. But I want to see effort. I always want to see effort. Because if this is a team that goes out there and they play hard, hard, they're giving effort, I'm good. Completely good with the way it will turn out. Poor shooting performance, got to take better shots. You got to get open. You got to maybe be a little bit more selective. I, I don't know what the cure is going to be. And of course, same time, I got a guy in Dan D'Antoni that I haven't lost faith in. And that's the thing. I know there's questions sometimes of, okay, you know, great system, not recruiting well. And, and believe me, I see your tweets, I, I see everything, and I hear you. I, I truly do. But at the same time, Name me another coach that has won you a game in the NCAA tournament. Name me one. And I'm not living off past glory here, but name me one. Other than Dan D'Antoni, name me one. Can't do it. Now, I know he had some, some really good players, but th- this is a Marshall team that's now on the up-and-down cycle. And yes... You want it to always be up, but when you're a program like Marshall, you're going to be have ebbs and flows. I, I really 
think it's hard to consistently have at this level a basketball program that's going to be at the very top and peak every single year. It's going to go up and down. So can't beat up Marshall too much. I can't beat up the coach on this one because one night they look phenomenal. The next night, I don't know what's going on. And how much of that's coaching? How much is that players? Or to be honest, I can tell someone where to go, what to do, draw the play up for them, tell them how to execute, and sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't. It's a tough call. It really is, but Marshall's 2-2, two and two, and they're 8-9. and nine. No reason to panic just yet. And honestly, I've kind of felt that the last few days, as if, all right, it's time to take shots and, and pile up on the basketball team. Well, guess what? Yeah, a lot of basketball still to play. Now, it's important that you go out there and you play and win as many games as you can, get yourself locked in pod one. I mean, it's a little bit more of an urgency in this part of the season than it usually would be because you got a few weeks maybe to work it out and get yourself a good spot in the postseason tournament and play your way into the NCAA. Um, you kind of get hampered if you're locked into pod play a little bit, and we're going to talk more about that. We'll get your phone calls in. we got Ari Agnes coming up a little bit later on, so I don't want to go too long because uh, we're going to talk to her at about 5.30, so she's coming up on the program as well. Looking forward to it with her. I'm Paul Swan. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now for a, um, a pleasant change of pace on the program, let's uh, welcome in to the show. She's head coach of fun and all things cool at Marshall University, also known as the head volleyball coach at Marshall University, Ari Agnes. Um, you know, you, you lead the rankings, uh, at least in the fun division over at Marshall. I would think I would rank the volleyball team one. Yes. That's a great way to start today. Ending the night on such a great thing. Love yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, I Don't tell some of the other coaches here, but we have, a, we have an internal ranking system also as okay. far as coaches are concerned. Um, okay. Okay. I'm not going to say who's after the top three because um, I'm just going to let coaches ever wonder. But it's you. It's Kemper. Okay. I'm going to have to go grassy. Okay. and um, That's a great – Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think so. Right, right. And you know what? The the new soccer coach for the Marshall women's team, Coach Swan. Oh, he's great. Yeah, I'm gonna put him I'm putting him at four. And that's as far as as far as I'm gonna go because I want I want Coach (laughs) Smith to wonder where she's at. I want um, (laughs) I want Dan to worry where he's at. You know, if this causes me to get my my, like office toilet paper to something, then we're gonna have a problem. But I am happy to be in that group. Yeah. You might have to worry about uh, Coach Smalls, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff might come over and TP you. I don't know, but I think you'd be okay. <laughs> be a fun adventure anyway. <laughs> so you've added some staff. You've um, you've added to the roster, and you've picked up uh, a new assistant coach, uh, Tyler Canellis. He's uh, now going to be assistant coach on the squad. And uh, your quote in the release yesterday was, this team got instantly better. That's pretty high praise. It is, and I don't know that I praise people a lot. So, so hopefully he's not listening and doesn't get too big of a head. Um, he is he is just phenomenal. He um, 
he blew everybody else that applied that we talked to that we kind of sifted through out of the water just in the dedication sense he's super analytical very very great with film and breaking things down um he very much much complements what i'm not great at yet so i think we've always got room to keep growing and doing things and what i've tried to do with him and taylor they're complete opposites and bring very very different things to the table but he's a setters coach that has already got them working on different footwork things that they've not really taking the time to think of, which in the spring is exactly what we get to do. We get to break stuff down, keep it very, um, you don't have to worry about the team. The spring is about the individual, the fall is about the team. So they get to get better. And it's just, he's just phenomenal. He's a really fun guy, really great personality, fits with the girls well, fits with our staff well. Um, so it's just, we, we did, we, we got better. We missed Sean. We wish him all the best. Um, and he's moved on to San Francisco out of volleyball, and he did great things for us year one. But but Tyler Tyler made us better the, the minute that he decided that this is where he wants to be, for sure. Is that difficult, going out and trying to find someone who either compliments you or that has that ability that you don't? And I know it's probably hard for some coaches to admit that there is a weakness. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, we're all ego-driven in our lives. Sure. Yeah, to the very last one of us. And it's very hard for me to admit that I have deficiencies and I'm not going to at this moment, but you have in, in that, that statement that, you know, he does things well that you don't. So you know, is it something that you identified early in your career or your life that, okay, I'm going to have to go get guys and, and ladies who compliment me and know things that I don't. I mean, how did you come to that? Um, I, I honestly, um, attribute that to the fact that I worked for in so many different staffs in such a short period of time. Um, I think that I was able to realize that we don't all, if we're all like-minded and we all only see things the same way and we all do the same things, that's great from a getting along standpoint and in, in the day to day, but from longevity and, and what is best for the team, it's, it's not the best thing. So I, I don't, have an ego all the time. I'm sure that everybody that I know would disagree with me, but um, I very much understand what I'm not great at. And again, I say great at yet because I believe I will get there. I believe that when I see him and Taylor doing different things, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And it, it forces me to get better. They push me without really probably knowing that they do that. So um, I use them to my advantage. I want to learn from them. I hope they want to learn from me and we all kind of just do it together. But I, I don't think it's hard, but that's only because I have a very good understanding of what I'm really great at, what I'm okay with, and then what I need a lot of work on. And instead of just focusing on what I need a lot of work on, like, why not just bring somebody in that's great at it? And then they get to do those things, and they have a lot of um, space to go and just be great at their things, and we can all just work off of each other. Ari Agnes with us, Marshall's women's volleyball coach, and not only do you make an addition to the staff, you also announced that you've made an addition to the squad and you're bringing in a young lady who is uh, coming in from West Virginia and Macy McElhaney. Uh, talk about her, her situation, why she wanted to transfer to Marshall. Uh, you know, what made Marshall right for her after West Virginia? So she's a phenomenal human being on and off the court. She has really got a great bubbly personality. Um, and, and she's fun. We it, Today was actually the first day we were able to get in the gym, and we're excited. Let's just – I will keep it very simple at that, that we are very, very excited about her. Um, 
very happy she decided to come to us. You know, she went, it's now with the NCAA, there's a transfer portal and you can talk to kids as soon as they get on it. So we saw her on there. Uh, we knew some people that had coached her in high school and some other things. And they said she was a, a great kid and she just needed a change from, from West Virginia. So she is close enough. She's from Pittsburgh. So it's a close enough that didn't want to go too far, but, but just kind of needed something different. She came for a visit and, and knew that day that that's where she wanted to be. So I think that our team does, if you get to know them individually, they are so different yet also kind of just fun and spunky and have a lot of funny personalities and she just fit right in. And I think that that was really important to her. Um, we have full expectations that she will impact right away. And I think that that was important for her as well to come somewhere and to be able to put her stamp on things. So we all just got along well. Um, and we weren't sure how great she was going to be in the gym from everything from weights this morning to practice her energy, her, she's not shy. She's not waiting for the right kind of, she, she's already seems like a leader, which I'm, I'm really excited about. She's going to be fun. She's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The, the transfer portal has, it's got people who are in favor of it. It's got its detractors. <laughs> But it's a tool now that you have to use if you like it or you don't. Where do you fall on it, though, as far as uh, the ability to to bring in new people? And also, you have to worry about maybe someone on your roster is going to put their name in that transfer portal one day. Sure. Um, you know, I don't I don't really have a strong opinion that you could transfer. It's just a different process of how we go through it now. Um, I think that if kids are unhappy and they don't want to be there, there's new rules, especially for volleyball coming out, that – you got to wait a little bit longer to commit. You got to do different things. But honestly, there's, it, it, if they're not happy somewhere, whether we want them to stay or not, they're, they're not going to be a great fit anyway in the locker room, on the court, whatever it is. So in, in my very humble opinion, whether it's the best kid or somebody that doesn't play much, if they're not happy, the relationship's not going to be happy. The, the, the culture of their team isn't going to be happy. So I think it's just kind of inevitable. I don't take any of it personally. I don't. I think we're all pretty thick-skinned in the coaching world that um, they're just looking for something different. Maybe a major changes. Maybe they are homesick and need to get kind of back somewhere. So I don't. I'm very just kind of blah about it. Um, if they're going to happen, we've always had transfers. People have always gone and done different things. It's just the new NCAA rule of, of how we all have to go about it. It makes the process easier, I think, for the student athlete. Um, but whether that's good or bad, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's much more accessible to them now. Does it make it harder for you or is it about the same? Because you've got to keep an eye on the transfer portal. As you mentioned, you see someone who you, you notice it's in the portal, might be a good fit for your program but at the same time, you still got to go out and you got to recruit. So you're, you're almost recruiting to bring players in from different avenues. Sure. And yeah, and it, it's always, you know, there's always been, transfers it's just like now it's at the click of a button that you can click and and see them all there so i i don't think it makes anything more difficult it's just one more way to recruit um student athletes to marshall so anybody that gets on campus here wants to be here so um, i'm all for trying to find the right fit for us at all times Ari agnes is with us marshall's volleyball coach and addition to the staff addition to the team and now you've gone full circle. You've done this once. You've been through a rotation of this, and now you begin again, but it's on different footing now. How do you feel going into this for the second go-around? Are you where you want to be at this point in the process? Are you ahead of the game? 
And how do you feel now that, okay, let's go do this again, and I've got more, maybe more of your players in that you want, more of the system in. Maybe you explain to me where you're at. <laughs> we, we're we in a great spot. I, I think we had a, a great fall um, as far as our record, and those things don't really – that's not what we focus on as soon as we get into the gym. We um, are still and will probably always be working on our culture. And um, so I'm, I'm very happy with them. They are bought in. I, the energy in the weight room and the gym today was something that I didn't expect. I figured they would kind of come home from back from Christmas break, back from home and all this stuff, and they'll be sluggish. And, and they just put in work. So um, I'm excited. I, I will always be excited. That's why I do this. But this is my favorite time of the year because we get to focus on the the individual. We get to get to re-know them if they've grown in a year and it's not as chaotic. There's a little bit more time to sit down and have a conversation. Um, but we get to build. We get to now, even though we only lost three seniors, um, how do we build from that? How do we regain different leadership? Are there people that maybe have grown into some leadership? Can we push forward in a different way? Um, so we're in a really good spot. We've only been in the gym one day, but um, I think that, you know, we lost Ivana and we lost Amber, our libero, and they're, they're going to be really tough to replace. So we've got a lot of work cut out for us, but I, I will tell you that they are ready to move on and, and to get into 2020, even though 2019 was so great. And that's exciting. Sometimes when you have a really great year, um, or better than the year before, I think that's really all that we can, can ask for year to year is just be a little bit better than the year before and continue to grow that way. Um, it's easy to get complacent and it's easy to get comfortable of like, oh, we did it. And so here we go. We we made the conference tournament. That was our biggest goal because we hadn't made it the year before. So we focus on small goals instead of large, let's win the national championship on year one. We want to just increase a little bit. And they definitely aren't satisfied with the year that they had. And I love that because I don't ever want to be with a team that is satisfied with how they did, no matter how good it was. We can always do better. Are your goals and the team goals you set the same? Because let's be honest, uh, we all want to go to the national championship team. But <laughs> I, I know you have to navigate several personalities and put this unit together as a unit, not just a group of individuals. Yeah, we sit down and we actually do it in the spring and define our goals. And yes, we want to win Conference USA. Yes, we want to make the first, second, third round of the NCAA tournament. But we just focus on a getting 10% better than the day before a little bit better. I, I need you to be better than yesterday in some capacity, whether that means you get to class 10 minutes earlier, or you go a little harder in practice, whatever that definition is for you. That's what I want. Um, so for last year, we, we set a goal of, we would go six and three every time, every, every nine matches. And it ended up working out, even though we had like a five game losing streak because we had set an attainable goal every time until we got to the conference tournament, we went, we, we were able to accomplish that, which was great. So then it became, let's, let's make the conference tournament. When we make it, then we'll talk about winning it. When we winning it, we win it. Then we'll talk about first round after first round. So we try to just go step by step. And I think that it's better for them because sometimes when you have this, let's win conference USA, and then maybe we lose five conference matches, they start to get deflated and that's really hard to pick back up. Um, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of things that they don't really understand how it works and can we still do it and can we still get in? So they're focused on something instead of just coming to the gym and getting better. So every time that we accomplish a goal, we set a new one, um, but we don't talk about it until it's happened. So our goal 
coming in right now is to make it to Hattiesburg, which is where the conference tournament is next fall. So it, it is to make it to the tournament. Then we will talk about, once we do that, we will talk about winning the first round. After we do that, we'll talk about winning the second round to just keep their minds focused on one thing. Marshall Volleyball Coach Ari Agnes with us. And um, when are you releasing your Life Lessons book so I can get that? <laughs> you know, I got to keep it all. It's just for the show. It's just for your radio show. And then you can start trademarking it. We can work together on it. Okay. We, we can do that. Or, <laughs> you know what? We could do a podcast, which is the 21st century equivalent of you want to be in my band. So we could do that. There we go. Um, you know, and we haven't talked wardrobe or fashion missteps any part of the show today. So I'm pretty proud of what we've done today. <laughs> I think it's been great. <laughs> exactly. I was wondering yesterday. I, I was worried. Okay. Did you hire someone on staff that's going to compliment the wardrobe or... I'm worried. This is a great question. And I truly believe that Tyler will. He already, he's a stock guy. So he's got very great green stocks, already got some Marshall stocks. Um, But I can see, I don't think he would shy away if Jake were to get him a matching jacket by any means. Or pants. Maybe Jake wears the jacket, Tyler wears the pants. So we could get pretty crazy here. That's what worries me, coach. That's what that's what worries me. <laughs> you got to be bought into the, to everything. Every piece of it we have to be bought in. Okay, I understand. You you've got a system here and I'm not going to argue with it. You're you're the successful coach. I'm not I'm not going to argue with it. But I am. <laughs> I'm going to. Just just a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm just waiting for uh, Halloween trick or treat costumes again. I, I want to see with the, how, how you up your game there. Um, that's what I'm curious about right now. It's going to have to, we're going to have to do a lot better next year. So we should actually probably start thinking about that so that we don't get into season and then completely forget about it. This might be a summer project. I like that. Yeah, do summer because I don't want your season to be distracted based on that because after all, <laughs> um, you've got volleyball to, to contend with. and um, Oh, yeah, that thing. I mean, yeah. you can do that or, I mean, you could delegate. That's what good coaches do. Taylor Strickland seems up to the <laughs> task. You could put her in I charge so. of that. I think I think she needs to know that she needs to get it started now, and then we just need it by Halloween. I will. That's what we'll meet about tomorrow. That sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to that, and uh, that'll bring some smiles <laughs> because I saw some of the photos, social media. I saw some of the workouts, uh-huh. and I didn't see smiles there. So I wonder if that's just poor, poor photography, or what was going on there because they looked intense. Um, I think we're just serious, even when we're having fun. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> See, this is why you're ranked number one fun coaches on the show. This, this is this is why the internal rankings have you won, because just That's because. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you haven't lost your ranking, and so far you're undefeated. So we'll keep okay. up the good work. Um, we're just gonna have to put pressure on the other coaches to step up their game. I would agree. I would agree, and no pressure to anybody. But I think I'm just pulling ahead. You know. You want to call out any of your uh, coworkers, uh, your coaches? No, uh, I don't. I don't want to get like. No, no. I just think we can all be great together. <laughs> Ari Agnes, the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. Uh, this is why I love having you on because, well, um, you get it. You have fun, and uh, I add to the madness sometimes, and you allow it, so I appreciate that. Always. Always, good, always, always. I appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, we'll talk soon, and um, let's, um, let's, let's get together sometime and coordinate wardrobes. <laughs> a lot better than you're doing now. Let's, let's, okay, I can do that. We can do that. Okay, we can do that. Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, have a good day. All right, Agnes, head coach, Marshall Women's Volleyball Team.
Uh, thankfully, not the head coach of fashion at Marshall University. We've got to work on that just a little bit. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the show. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to get you set for Marshall basketball as the Thundering Herd taking you on Charlotte. We go on the air 5.30 p.m. That's when we'll go on the air tomorrow. So adjust your schedule appropriately. 5.30, our airtime tomorrow. Marshall and Charlotte. We'll be bringing you all the latest from the Cam Henderson Center and getting you set for tip-off. It's all coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So I think it's almost time to put the college football championship to bed. And, of course, the new quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Can they just go ahead and draft him now? Do we have to build up the excitement? Do we have to do it that way? But championship game, the rankings, ratings, whatever you want to call them, they're out. And it's up 1% from last year's title game, but it's fourth lowest title game over the past decade. And we can spend these metrics and numbers all the way you want to. But I'm going to tell you, after a while, it just wasn't exciting. And I think the ratings, while they hold a little steady, I mean, they, they posted better, and they were better. Last year, Clemson won 44-16 over Alabama. And after a while, yeah, What's the interest for you? It's not a compelling game anymore. And the LSU game with the win over Clemson, 42-25, while score-wise a little bit closer, still not as compelling after a certain point when it was pretty evident that LSU was going to win that game. And I'll say this, the numbers, uh, they could be better. Let, let's, let's just be fair. And, of course, we're talking ESPN throwing every single megacast option at you. I mean, there were so many ways to watch this thing. But just looking at the megacast, here's how they presented it. This is an ESPN, of course. Uh, ESPN, the programming provider for our radio station. The megacast presentation of LSU's victory delivered an initial audience of 25 million. And I'm not going to go with all numbers. Uh, surpassing ESPN's megacast audience for Clemson's win and the college football playoff national championship last season by 308,000 viewers. It was 1%. The LSU-Clemson audience also resulted in cable's best viewership across all programming sports and otherwise since the Alabama-Georgia college football playoff national championship. That was January 18th last year, or 2018 now, excuse me. The megacast audience peaked at over 29 million viewers. I'm paraphrasing here the release. After LSU took the lead for the first time late in the second quarter, the LSU Tigers would never trail again in the game. Uh, Solely on ESPN, the release says, the primary telecast of LSU Clemson delivered an audience of 25 million viewers and a rounding up 3% from the same presentation of the College Football Playoff National Championship last season. So we don't have streaming. We don't have all those other metrics, to be fair. This is just traditional, standard, watch it on TV like you used to. But we're not talking about 
big time numbers here, right? I don't know if you know we look at um, the numbers, and I, I don't know if we're looking at push, but we're talking about a broadcast that's also airing on ESPN instead of ABC. Looking at the BCS and college football playoff national championship viewers, uh, 2010 and 11, 27 million. I'm rounding. Uh, 11, 12, 24 million. 12, 13, 26 million. Um, 13, 14, 26 million. 14, 15, 34 million. 15, 16 season, 26 million. 16, 17, 25 million. Again, rounding here. 2017, 18, 28 million, 18, 19, 25 million, and it was up percentage in this year's edition, 25 million. Again, rounding up here, but it was up percentage wise. So basically, what are we saying? Uh, it's about par for the course, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know if um, this is beating the way we used to have it, the BCS. Is the BCS format better? Well, yes and no, because the playoffs, the semifinals really didn't rack it up compared to the championship game, as you would expect. There's more excitement for the championship game. What's going to do better, the playoffs or the NFL or the Super Bowl? Obviously the Super Bowl, because that's the championship. A lot of people who don't tune in are going to tune in for the championship. And so, I don't know if this tells us anything other than it's it's staying it's staying steady. I mean, if it, it dips a little bit, or we get a more compelling matchup, but how much more compelling can we get? We got LSU with one of the best quarterbacks of the year, Heisman Trophy winner. LSU possibly one of the best college football teams of all time, or at least they're going to be in the argument now. And you got the reigning defending champion in Clemson. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Hey, I want to thank Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. We appreciate her for checking in, and I appreciate you for sticking around with us. We're going to do it all over again tomorrow. 5.30 is going to be our airtime. For those of you tuning in for Marshall pregame coverage, we'll be live at the Cam Henderson Center. Breaking it down, Marshall taking on Charlotte. For Coach Agnes, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.